So it's come to this. Oh, it feels like it's been forever <laughs> since we it came again. to this. Oh, man. Time is moving slow. And I think we saw each other two weeks ago, and it feels... Uh, it's, been a, it's been a long few weeks for us. It's only been yeah. one week for the listener, maybe. Hopefully, maybe. if we get these out on Hopefully. time. It just but, feels uh, like, man, Yeah, no, time is moving slow these days. The world is out to get us, my friend. <laughs> We're here in California, so you probably know what that means. We're, we can't go outside anymore. No, we can't. Uh, we're... It's all smoky as hell, and so we wanted to watch something smoky and dusty. Oh, man. Yeah, we're right? You picked a dust. good one. <laughs> picked a good one for that. <laughs> we are doing our first, we think it's our first, Western. I think so. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. And uh, this is a movie podcast. Yeah. And uh, we're here to talk about a newer film, I guess, within the last decade. <laughs> it's new to you. It's new because to, it's going to be new to I'm a lot of people. I'm pretty sure a lot of you haven't seen it for whatever reason. I know exactly the reason. Because nobody knows it exists? Well, because everyone tried to type in, uh, in the Valley of Violence. Oh, my God. And uh, the search bar is not going to get you there, folks. I hate, <laughs> I hate modern search engines so much. Oh, On, it's, it's a problem. This movie, In a Valley of Violence. In, in a Valley of Violence. It's just a valley. One of many. It's not a specific, it's not the Slumber Party Massacre. Exactly. It's not it's the... It's just a Slumber Party Massacre. It's not the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So this is like, not the infamous valley of violence. That everyone knows. Yeah, yeah not the one that everybody knows <laughs> this about. This the lesser known. This is just a valley of violence. <laughs> Not the, not the one when people, th- when they conjure in their heads the Valley of Violence, they go, oh yeah, I know that one. Right. But this is one of them. This is probably on somebody's ballot. I'm now realizing that the uh, film critic that I edit probably wrote in the Valley of Violence. <laughs> yeah, of course. Review. He probably got it wrong because I had gotten this wrong for four years <laughs> since it came out. Getting um, this wrong took minutes off my life when I watched <laughs> this movie earlier this week. Because on the HBO Max search engine, it's the most antiquated engine where every letter of the alphabet and the nine, ten digits are all spelled in a horizontal one row. And there's no wraparound. (laughs) And it's really dumb, so it's just like... It's like years and years of a keyboard being used. (laughs) HBO Max is like, no, 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 no. One row. We don't need that. One row, all 26 letters. (laughs) Line them up. (laughs) <laughs> minimal punctuation we're not gonna put an apostrophe yeah <laughs> that nuance is not necessary it's just one row and if a guy needs to type in a zero and then an a he's got to go all 35 back so if you have to go a v for valley back to a <laughs> yeah. couple of l's e then over to y and it's folks, one of those see the problem it's here. one of those search <laughs> engines where i'm on like so I typed in in the, so I already blew it right out the gates. And then I get all the way to like Valley of Violin. <laughs> and I was like, nothing is coming up. <laughs> and so I'm on the computer making sure like, this is, this is the streaming service it's on. Yeah, that's, I'm on the right one. And so I get all the way there. I'm just like, nothing. Like, all right, I guess this, you know, I'm, I'm having a little inner tantrum. Yeah. And then I realize my error because i'm so stupid that i typed in the valley eric no come on now you're not stupid and that means the algorithm's like in the valley of violence that can't be what no i mean they're similar they're similar sounding i imagine the algorithm is like a guy at a portal hey greg do we have the valley of violence or we have a valley no we got a valley of violence no that's what it says the valley this guy's looking for the so then I had to go back to the end of the, the violence and oh, backspace through all of them. Undo to... all your hard work. Yeah. So when I say minutes of my life, and now I spent just as many minutes 
relaying that story <laughs> of losing so those all minutes, you people can lose minutes of your life just I like just we had dug to. down to get out of the hole beautiful oh, this movie is sending me places this movie i don't know why nobody's seen this flick it's really cool this is a great pick for our first western ty west the director this is not the movie i expected to do for the first ty west i know right i've been a huge fan of his horror work i think he's probably my favorite of the modern horror directors i'm you know there's contenders but he's there's contenders but he he came out strong with house of the devil house of the devil or is, is... it a house of the devil? <laughs> shit uh, <laughs> west <laughs> house of the devil is one of those quiet slow movies that is kind of a contentious choice some people didn't like it but it sucked me in man it oh, yeah. hooked me i the atmosphere in my place was perfect when i saw it i loved it got Greta Gerwig. Greta right. Gerwig in horror. That's cool. It's got our friend, the tall man. Uh, Tom, Noonan. Tom Noonan. Oh, modern Tom Noonan. Mary Warrenov is married to Tom Noonan. So already this right. guy is like, well, this Ty West sure knows what my interests are. I think what became clear right quickly with Ty West is that this is a guy who's got a love for the genre and for film. Yeah. The, the same boxes check off for him yeah. that check off for us. The for scores sure. in his movies are excellent mm. uh, i think the best modern most consistently great modern horror scores are him the house of the devil score is awesome uh the innkeepers which is probably my least favorite ty west film but a good good score good like, ghost story very, very good atmosphere for it the sacrament yeah well, we like that totally one different kind of horror man yeah <laughs> you're right we like that one a lot yeah we saw that together and that was like yes this is legit incredible stuff good stuff and so just with house of the devil and the sacrament this guy has already hit two home runs for me like these movies would place not just on my you know favorite horror movies the last 20 years but like favorite movies yeah so this guy is not just a good genre director he makes he makes do with what he has and this is not the one i expected to talk about first (laughs) but it just kind of snuck up on me and I loved it so much that I wanted to just get it off my chest. So how did you first hear about this? Since Be- I didn't so even this, know, I didn't even know it was a Ty West movie. This thing came out in 2016. It made like thirty thousand dollars at the box office, yeah. according to IMDb or yeah. something. Like it never came out or whatever. Yeah, it's it's Bloomhouse first of all. Yeah, but it's 2016 Bloomhouse before Get Out is a movie sure. in 2017. So right. I wonder if it's just. They were just think so far under the radar. Do you think it's one still. of those things that if if this had come out in 2018, when Bloomhouse was more of a guaranteed box office kind of thing, and Ethan Hawke had just been nominated for First Reformed or, oh, or God, whatever that yeah. movie was, yeah, that, that could be an Ethan Hawke movie. I'd love to do here. First Reformed was powerful so, for me. But yeah, if it so came Ethan out Hawk with was, that yeah, buzz, yeah, that and uh, yeah, huh. Could be a lot different story. I hadn't thought of it I don't in know. those terms, but you could be right. Bloomhouse but weight l- really has gotten a lot heavier over these last four years. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, again, nobody saw it. I don't know if it ever played in a theater around here. No. I think I may first have heard of it a year or two after it came out, but didn't know where to find it. You couldn't find it anywhere. Right. Now it's on HBO Max. But yeah, what? when did you like come across this thing? So the weird thing is... <laughs> I don't know what this says for my brain cells, but watching it back this time, I had no memory of this movie. But then there was at least a few specific moments where I'm like, I have seen this. Oh, really? I know I have seen this. Okay. But I have no idea where I saw it and when that would have been. So there was just two specific things like, oh, yes, I remember this exact exchange. And sometimes it would just be a couple minutes, but... Mm. Strong enough that I knew I at least had this on in the background and didn't know what it was, or <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. So this one, it was me thinking I was discovering it for the first time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I apparently discovered it like three years ago. Well, there you go. Yeah, I like I said, it's been on my list. I only just, just now watched it this last week here. Yeah, I everybody that I have brought it up to has no idea what it is. Uh, my buddy Phil, he is obsessed with The Wire, loves The Wire. Mm-hmm. He's he's one of the world's foremost Wire experts. He, he's had very amusing conversations about The Wire. It's a true joy for him. 
And he loves it so much <laughs> that he seeks out almost anything a character from The Wire is in. Gotcha. He will That's watch dedication, that. Yeah. For sure. He likes all these people so much that he follows all their projects. From the big ones to the to the even the ones the smaller ones. Even Ziggy? <laughs> oh, especially Ziggy. <laughs> James Ransone is one of Phil's absolute favorites. I've heard this guy make more Ziggy references. Oh god. I'm a big the season, comic strip Ziggy. I'm a I'm a big season 2 wire guy. That's my favorite season. And James Ransone is the just hateable twerp. But sad sorry ziggy oh yeah and yeah ziggy's like phil's boy (laughs) and so he has watched every james ransone project had never heard of in a valley of violence oh man has he watched it yet because he would love james ransone in this movie he's like this sounds amazing i was like you it's perfect for you how did how did this not hit james ransone is kind of my favorite part of this movie he's so good he's a great he's he's the bad guy for for both Basically, this movie, with real quick, spoiler alert, it's John Wick with horses. Yeah. Ethan Hawke is a drifter, stranger, rides into town. The guy, he uh, ends up having a fight with Gilly. Even like Ziggy, like Gilly is the guy's name, James Ransone. (laughs) Yeah. They end up having a fight. He punches him out. Revenge story ensues from there. What a punch, by the way. This was, a, this was a all-time Heavyweight. movie one punch. Yeah. I just want to do the, the quickest plot recap, though, because that's not really <laughs> the point of this movie. Anyways, they kill his dog, and then it becomes John yeah. Wick with horses. It's Western, jo- Old West John but Wick. But Gilly, as the <laughs> asshole young guy with the stick up Son his ass. Son of the town marshal. Uh, yeah, t- town marshal John Travolta. Love him. This is our first Travolta. He will show up again. Right, you well, never know when he will. <laughs> you never know. But you he's the know. town marshal, the unfortunate marshal on duty when Ethan Hawke chose to ride through his town that yeah. one fateful day. And it's it's that classic scenario of Ethan Hawke just wants a shower or you know, a bath, yeah. some food, and some water. He doesn't even drink. And James Ransone's got to stick up his ass for whatever reason, picks a fight, loses it, kills the dog. They, you know, Then he has to come back and kill everyone but Ransone's the town tough he's gilly the guy who hides behind uh, bigger guys but can stand on his own yeah has great facial hair for westerns got that great top mustache with grown out soul patch well you know? we've talked about Ransone as far as uh being eddie in the yeah it, he was the in it movies exactly and could not be a more different character than eddie in this movie no i loved him and i thought he was definitely the highlight for me Oh, Ethan sure. Hawke is good. Travolta's fun to watch, but Ransone <laughs> so, doing his just like, even at the end, he's having this fight with his his fiance, <laughs> and it's just like shut up. And you, I just loved watching every minute. Well, of that's him. it's funny because you see moments of him as Eddie pop out in this character when you wouldn't expect him to. That like exasperated, like oh my god, like uh, guy getting his nerves riled up too much, you know, and getting readier. Well, what happens? So to go into it more, what I loved in the kind of the opening, you get this opening scene that kind of defines Ethan Hawke as the gunman. Yeah, but then when he rides into town and Ransone as Gilly picks a fight with him, the way he goes about it is one of my favorite like western tropes turned on its head oh yeah i've ever seen gilly comes out announces to the town there's gonna <laughs> oh, be a fight man. all all 12 people this in was town. this was a scene this is the james ransone scene ransone basically uh a, a salesman's selling them some pistols and ransone as gilly gilly points a pistol at ethan hawk and Ethan Hawke doesn't even do anything. He's just like, don't point a pistol at me. Don't touch me. Yeah, he's the new guy drifting through town. Stranger. Just like, I don't want to cause problems. I'm here for, you know. And suddenly, ran, and suddenly Gilly is just like, oh, we're fighting now. Yeah. Now we have a fight. And he comes out and he's, <laughs> everybody come on out. There's going to be a fight. I'm yeah. going to kick this guy's ass. Meanwhile, Ethan Hawke is still just sitting at the bar, <laughs> not not doing anything. And I loved the whole progression of him like, all right. Well, what if we put five dollars on? Yeah, it? He's and just he's trying like, to get Ethan Hawke out. Yeah, desperate for a fight, fight, and it's not happening. There's a minute where he's just kind of like shit to himself because yeah. it's not happening. All right, no guns. Uh, just right. fight. 
Just a fisticuffs. I loved it. I just the desperation in this guy to yeah. get this fight. Because now there's like forty or fifty people crowding around. Like I'd like to see a good fight. Oh, there's a fight to brew. Yeah, sweeping up yeah. the his dirt. His arms up, coming out of there, being like, "Everybody out!" Oh, I was beautiful. I mean, that right there. That's when the movie had this really awesome Tarantino feel, and not in the derivative way that movies get compared to Tarantino movies and they're like, oh, this is a ripoff of a ripoff from the haters. After Pulp Fiction, we got a lot of fake Tarantino movies well, getting sure. green lit. <laughs> and those are always kind of lurking. And some of them are fun. And other ones are just like, ah, oh, this is uh, the worst parts of Tarantino magnified. <laughs> this one gets the good elements. Mm. And it's that ability of the actors to play loose with some of the material and be funny when maybe a scene shouldn't be funny. Right. You know, how many directors would have made the Manson gang confronting Cliff Booth <laughs> funny? You know, that was not a funny moment. Mm -hmm. Real life, a pregnant woman got murdered. And now you're like, in my seat, I'm like, oh, geez, a pregnant woman's about to get murdered. Uh -huh. And then they're like cracking jokes. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? <laughs> Cliff on acid. Yeah, yeah, not how I expected it to go. There are many moments in... A valley of violence where suddenly we're cracking jokes right when things seemed really hot, mm -hmm. right when some throats were about to get cut. Now we got a couple of lines, <laughs> but it works. I think if you lean into this movie, this is the scene where you're like, I think I'm into this. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's That definitely for me was the scene yeah. where it's like, it's every, you know, because what's so great about the Western is that even in the last decade, and it, actually, especially in the last decade, yeah, it's so open to interpretation. Mm -hmm. You can go hard nose with True Grit, or you can go like kind of avant garde with Slow West. Yeah. Uh, you can go nihilistic with Bone Tomahawk. Oh, All these man. great westerns have come out in the last. I 10 have a years. coworker who still brings up that he watched Bone Tomahawk on my recommendation. It's intense. Oh, is he not happy about it? He wasn't. <laughs> he I love it. was like, it was really slow, and then it was really disgusting. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I told you that. Like, <laughs> you, <laughs> you asked for modern Western recommendations. Yeah. That bone tomahawk immediately came to mind. And then I told you, now I'm warning you. Mm -hmm. I, I'm... I'm a man of my word. I warned you, buddy. I don't think but, this movie oh. needs as much of a warning, though. I think no. this one is a. It has a lot more of the classic elements, and then kind of just watches them play out in this small town in the middle of nowhere in a kind of unexpected way. I, this was a. This was a real you know, like modern feeling. This decade western, the yeah. kind that I like, mixed with a real clear love of the like Morricone music uh spaghetti westerns mm -hmm. in and i think it's a good way i think your love of this movie will vary on how much you like this homage to spaghetti westerns versus wishing it took a different tone right i think some people probably want more of that grit from bone tomahawk but i'm kind of in love with this version and i like that ability to joke and let you enjoy the the homage mm-hmm and just even yeah the the whole way everything plays out is a classic trope that then gets kind of flipped gets a little flipped and yeah takes those turns you aren't expecting uh they got a lot of good modern actors a lot of names that's yeah. a, another reason why it's surprising this hasn't been. these are people that show up in a lot of things even the fifth and sixth build characters are people like tessa farmiga and toby huss love toby huss toby huss is a guarantee in anything. He's a yeah. He's one of those guys that you just always are happy to see in the cast, and he's great in this one. Yeah, for sure. Good character. Yeah. Uh, and you know Karen Gillan, who's like you know nerds love her. She was Amy Pond. Like, how are they not? What they gave up on Karen Gillan like just a couple years after Amy Pond? You know what's funny? I looked her up because I don't know who Amy Pond is. Oh, okay. <laughs> But uh, I, I uh, yeah, I was like, oh, she's the unrecognizable alien character from Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, she's one of those where it's just like, you wouldn't know <laughs> it's her. Your, uh... Yeah, you wouldn't know it's her because she's got blue skin and, you know, 
Yeah, no, no, no. Fake but, eyes in, in a, a Marvel yeah, movie. Yeah, she's but. in all the biggest Avengers Endgame and stuff, but she's wearing full body paint. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but also Larry Fessenden. Oh, Fessenden? Larry Fessenden, yeah. Fessenden? Who shows up in... A, he's like an indie small budget horror god yeah. of the last decade. He's, he's one of those guys that Ty West is, and him have probably go back to the beginning. Yeah. Um, so and, anytime he's in a movie, that's almost like a seal of approval. Totally. Right He's there. had his hands in so many different cool, low-budget horror and genre movies in the last 10 years. It's totally. just huge. And he's involved. He's so beloved in the community. And uh, so, yeah, like you said, stamp of approval. That's a good way of putting it. These are, like, good actors. Ethan Hawke is one of the finest American actors of all time. As I don't think that's a crazy as it sounds, really. And one of the busiest, though. Like, he's yeah. in a lot of shit. And I love that he does, you know, Before Sunset is one of my favorite. Before Sunrise and Before Sunset are two of my favorite, favorite movies. And, yeah, just stuff like Training Day and Before the Devil Knows oh, yeah. You're Dead. And, like, God, when I look back at how consistently I love Ethan Hawke and his choices, he just does, he brings his specific Ethan Hawkness to all these <laughs> genres. He's not afraid to do any genre. Totally. And Well, didn't he do like uh, The Purge and yeah. what is it? He's Sinister a, or he's Insidious a blue, or He's something? a Bloomhouse guy. Yeah. Yeah, they go back. He's like, he's a, <laughs> he's the classier version of Bronson working cool. for Canon. They're bringing in the Academy Award uh, <laughs> multi-time Oscar nominee to, to work these genre films. Yeah. And he nails them. He was, he's, he was good in uh, in The Purge. I'm not a big Purge fan. There's an interesting idea there that the Purge movies didn't really hit. Mm-hmm. But uh, Ethan Hawke's cool in genre stuff, and he nails the Western. Like, oh, he's a cool Lone, lone Star character. For sure, you know? yeah. And so the movie fills it up with, the, with a bunch of class. It's cool seeing Travolta get to be in a fun character instead of in a movie that I want to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, oh yeah, this guy is this guy is okay. There were a few scenes where I was pretty convinced that there were cue cards that he was reading off of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they kind of gave him a lot of lines. There was the, especially the scene with him and Tubby, like, oh man, in the doorway where they're like there for twenty minutes with him just giving him instructions, <laughs> and Tubby's just not moving. But uh, yeah, they- <laughs> the doorway scene I think was so good <laughs> of of Travolta sending this tubby henchman out but it's great because uh we even get a scene of him explaining that he's not like compared to 2020 he's not that tubby he's no but in you know 1910 right tubby or whenever this yeah exactly (laughs) yeah back (laughs) and so yeah john travolta is basically sending him out as his human shield (laughs) and they aren't quite saying it other than just like well you know i think you'd be better to go first because then i got you know and it's this like eight minute pep talk up yeah. close with the two of them. He's like, all right, so I'm just going to count it down and then you're going to get, just be quick. Yeah. Be quick. It's just dodge them. That's when I, that's when I was like, I think he's looking at a cue card there and then looking at a cue card there. So let me tell you, I, I actually thought in private long and hard. If I, this was me jumping over huge ditches to defend this movie, mm. or if I'm picking up on something, you know, like, a David Lynch thing where he likes the acting to be light and cheery and cheesy when it's like a lighthearted mood. And then suddenly it's like the best acting and the darkest sinister stuff when the mood gets dark. Yeah. It really felt like a lot of these scenes were where the actors were kind of being more hammy because a lot of Western acting is hammy. And so it had that big, you know, the big Valley or one of those kind of vibes where you have like more soap opera like emotions mm-hmm. or guys clearly reading cards offset. I don't want to sound like I'm just a guy making an excuse. No, I think Tubby definitely had a boss uh, or a, what's the, uh, the guy from uh, Bonanza Haas. Oh, Haas. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, blocker, Dan yeah. blocker. Yeah. The original, the OG. <laughs> he felt like very much a yeah. Haas character. Yeah. But actually what, you know, so uh, one of the, things that really surprised me with the movie is Travolta trying to be this voice of reason. I know. The whole time. Well, because you expect him to be this evil marshal who's got the evil Well, you deputies. get kind of two... You get that early scene between him and Ethan Hawke, and he's definitely more of the, like, 
oh, this is the town boss. This guy's sure. run. He and he, you know. But you go back and watch him once you see how reasonable of a man he can be, which is just a great character ev- uh, evolution yeah. throughout the movie. You realize uh, he wasn't really being unreasonable with Ethan Hawke in the beginning, but it just seemed sinister because we expect that character to be exactly this sinister, like, this is my town, mister. Exactly, and, yeah. He doesn't take it. Well, Travolta as a marshal in this small town is smart enough to realize that Ethan Hawke is a former cavalry soldier yes he's the gun in the saddle so he he's one of those guys he's like the boss i probably even in john wick it's like the same thing where the boss is like don't fuck with john wick yeah whatever it's totally that don't fuck with this guy (laughs) no it's definitely like do you know the training that this man went through this guy knows how to kill people like a lot of people at once so fuck off because you're the small town you know deputy yeah, I, and my kid and i don't want to see you get killed it's such a great twist for the town so i love that bit, walking yeah. tall marshal to be like look usually we deal with our riffraff just fine around here but this guy just he's he's only wants to stay like a let day let him go let him all go. right yeah we're we got we got out of this easy and it was a fair fight the whole thing was that it was going to be a fair fight and he knocks him out and yeah, yeah, it's like, all right, you, you cold-cocked my deputy, who's James, also my son. So we, I brought but, it up but go ahead, briefly earlier. Just leave. That you know? one punch yeah. from oh, Hawk. This fight beautiful. has, it's so, you know, Looney Tunes. It's so <laughs> Merry Melodies, where you get this, you know, kind of scrappy dog who's just mocking barking. and barking at this big, right. gruff, low-browed dog for the whole cartoon until the inevitable pounding. You know, that's this all build to this totally. pound, cartoon pounding. And he just gets decked in the way. I don't know if it was James Ransom himself. If it was, it's some of the most honest, impressive uh, stunt punch falls I've seen. Yeah. Because his body goes rigid and but crooked, but he goes down genuinely. It's, Somebody it's, took a punch. It's exactly how you see like an MMA guy take one into the jaw and then just it's yeah, lights and their bo- and their and their arms out. stiffen forward and they're yeah. it's like, you know, their legs tighten up once yeah. their jaw goes out, once that button's hit. And it is yeah, it rings his bell. It for is sure. precisely that kind of fall. So whoever took that, it looks like James Ransone. I went back and Probably. watched, but oh, what an amazing amazing stage fall. So that guy just brings that <laughs> Ziggy charisma to these scenes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we uh, we didn't... I mentioned the kind of Morricone score feel, but it also has, like, kind of a modern horror score feel. It had this pulsing horror beat. Mm-hmm. So it kind of had this, like, John Carpenter scoring a Western feel with Ennio Morricone. You know, they've worked together before with, like, The Thing, I was like a Morricone score, but with Carpenter oh, yeah, suggestions, yeah, yeah. you know? And that's what this but felt like But it's very much me. like that dun, dun, dun. Yeah, it's got that pulse beat. Yeah. A lot of tension built up there. Yeah, the score is amazing. This guy, Jeff Grace. and uh, But there's another guy, and I'm forgetting his name. Oh, it's uh, Graham Resnick, who mm. I have a couple LPs of. He's this Carpenter-type synth mood score kind of guy. And he's also scored a couple of movies. And he, I think, added like additional synths to this. Okay. So it's like there's the Carpenter influence. And then this Jeff Grace has the Morricone. And it's, oh, it's like chocolate and peanut butter. That's <laughs> so good. It's good. It is good. It, it just drove this whole movie, even through the, the silliness, even through the jokes, and then mm-hmm. through the, well, there's violence in this valley. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, you do get some of that kind of horror movie violence. In here, there's some there's some big shotgun blasts. There's mm-hmm. a there's a throat slashing, the throat slashing. Know? Yeah, just like John Wick, there's a pet killing. That's yeah. the things that people really like. But you know what? I knew it was coming, and the the dog does die. I you know I was really afraid that they were gonna uh-huh. draw it out. Uh-huh. And I think they did it well. They did it about as as tastefully as you can handle a dog killing. Yeah, which a lot well. of people don't want to see in a movie. And this dog, by the way, oh. can we talk about the dog for a what second? A champ. They do everything for the first thirty minutes to really make you love this dog. Oh yeah, it does every trick in the book. It does its little paw over the nose bit. Let it's me let me bl- let me blow time. your mind. Let uh, me blow your mind this, on this one. This dog. This came out in twenty sixteen. How similar 
did some of this dog relationship feel to Brad Pitt? In, oh, uh, definitely. One I had visions of... Uh, there were yeah. two very similar scenes, especially the, like, direct, right in the first fight, directing the dog to run and bite the guy's arm. Right, to take out the gun. The vi- The way that was shot, oh, man, hard cut to the left, dog on the left, cuts to the right. Ooh, this came out a couple years before <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Maybe I was saying this feels like a Tarantino movie. <laughs> Maybe uh, Tarantino's been using some stuff that Uh-oh. feels like a Ty West movie. <laughs> you know, y'all got to steal from the best. Everybody. <laughs> and this movie steals from the best. I love the vibe of this whole thing. But yeah, the dog relationship. They really make you want to root for this puppy. They give you all the emotional cues that... You know, like I said, the uh, the dog is just somehow speaks English, knows exactly every command he says. Yeah, is right there with him, walking with him in the horse, smiling all the time. They do the bit where the dog rolls itself up in the blanket, just like oh, you're gonna kill this dog. <laughs> like there was no doubt. Part of me for the first like five ten minutes was like, maybe they'll flip the script on the dog killing thing. Maybe they won't. Nope. That's nope. the what they're they're keeping that. Okay. The dog killing stays in the script. That's the trope that they're gonna carry out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Good to see. Yeah. But yeah, it was uh that's an intense scene and uh-huh. and uh, again it's one of those where they have several guns that they could have shot Ethan Hawk in the head with yeah. to to get rid of this guy who's wronged them and they want this revenge. Instead they're gonna just throw him off a hill. Mm-hmm. That ought to do it. See, that's the fun. Hey, don't you want to go down there and maybe check and see if he's actually dead? No, I am. I'm not Why climbing do down there. We just, we just like threw a guy off a hill who said we, he was going to murder us because we <laughs> killed his dog in front of him. I'm not checking. Yeah, it's dark. Come on, guys. We just watched him bounced off a rock. Come on, like no. But I, I also dig that because we had just seen a dog stabbing, and then right after they go back into that mixture of classic western mode with modern violence because mm. that's the kind of way people would die in old westerns because they couldn't show anybody dying so you'd get a guy thrown off the screen <laughs> right. like down a steep hill true be like no i'm not checking on him <laughs> and then he comes back Assume you know the best yeah so this is like oh they instantly go they just showed a dog stabbing and you think, oh man, they're gonna show a grizzly like splat down a rock, and Ethan Hawke's gonna come back with a broken leg, you know? Like they're gonna get really—that's when I thought it was gonna go really grizzly revenge mm-hmm. story, <laughs> you know, something like John Wick, but with more real violence, more gritty modern Bloomhouse, hard R. Or violence. like, so yeah, like he wakes up the next morning and like crawls back to find the dog dead with the vulture already working on him, and they don't show you too much of that. Like, yeah, they don't they don't make you look at a decomposing dog or anything. So right, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. No, there there was like this movie I think that came out around the same time called Revenge. This girl, uh, you know, she's like, oh, I think it's on Shutter, but I haven't watched it. Yeah, or it was. It's like recently. a it's a pretty awesome woman revenge story. Mm-hmm. But the crap this girl goes through, she's like thrown off a cliff. And then just like gets impaled, lands on a rock. Oh, but yeah. so it's like she's dragging her like bleeding, broken body through her revenge. So I'm like, man, Ethan Hawke's gonna like have bone sticking out of leg. Gotcha. So we've gotten tons of bone out of leg and arm <laughs> stuff lately. There was a lot of that recently. Yeah. We're getting a lot of bones sticking out. A lot of movies have figured out how to shoot that. Yeah. And so I'm already just like, man, we're gonna get Ethan Hawke with just like his kneecap shattered or something but no he just like is like oh god survived this fall time to dust myself off and get back into that town for yeah right to avenge my dog for death. all the killing yeah i loved yeah the the idea that he was and it's always like the guy that's done with killing oh yeah he's done with killing man you <laughs> don't want to think about all the killing he's done just thinking like what if the movie was about this guy who's like god i miss killing <laughs> yeah. i just want to kill so bad hey you killed my dog and it's, and it's an excuse to I massacre am just this looking whole town. for the next excuse Thank to massacre a town yeah but it's always the guy who's like man i really didn't want to have to kill a bunch of people this week but you forced my hand so, were you getting any killer joe vibes from this one I was getting the Killer Joe vibes in that there was a lot of dumb people making dumb choices. There's that for sure, yeah. I was feeling a lot of like, 
Well, at least seven-eighths of these people are in over their heads. Mm-hmm. Most of them don't realize it. The bun that realizes that most is going to win. Mm-hmm. And it had that was a Killer Joe vibe for me. Just like, everybody's shooting above their, punching above their weight on this. Some of that's really low, but they're all, they're all drowning. And this movie just felt like, this is going to go bad for most of these people. I mean, it's called In a Valley of Violence. Yeah. You kind of, you know, you, you bought the ticket. It's not the most reputed valley, but it's, again, in the discussion. It's not not violent. Yeah, it's it's in the talks. And, yeah, they really take their time with some of these scenes. And I can see people finding them kind of derailing because it will go from violence back to, like, now we're cutting back to this other tone, and it's like, wow, this argument's gone on awkwardly long, or that yeah. extra long scene of John Travolta convincing a man to be a human shield. Right. The whole final standoff, you expect all this violence, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, it's like one shot cut to them, yeah, Gilly and Ellen having this argument yeah. in the in the bedroom, like yeah. a normal you know relationship-type argument. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, cut to Travolta talking to Tubby, and Tubby being like, I, my name is Lawrence! Yeah. I want to be called Lawrence. I'll and you're call just like, you anything you want. You're just like, guys, focus on the task at hand. Yeah, there's a lot of people getting like really distracted by life's annoyances yeah. <laughs> during these intense showdowns. And it's... It reminds, but I, I was into it. I was it reminds it. me of that kind of comedy that we've gotten in movies and media. Stuff like one of our favorite video games, No More Heroes, mm. where you'd get like a nine-minute cutscene, and then it's like a, like a two-second battle. Like somebody <laughs> just takes a shot. And you're just like, what? Yeah. We should listen to this woman's childhood. <laughs> and so it's like you have these people just get into arguments and uh, right in the middle of like, I was trying to look out this window because a man is sneaking around town trying to kill all of us. Right. And it's like you get the, oh, James Ransone is just like, right now? <laughs> you're seriously doing this right now? Like these kind of conversations where I love they're like dipping anachronistically back into like well, well i'm not sure how people talked back then it was but, like okay. the way in which he kept saying uh, his fiance's name was ellen and it's the way he kept just being like ellen ellen yeah like you know he's had to had this argument a thousand times right like just the, these guys had some headaches over ellen oh man, uh, man. It, i like i you almost feel bad yeah. for Gilly. <laughs> Like you all, like even after he's killed a dog, you're almost like, oh, this poor guy. He's just trying to make things I mean, work in this small town. Maybe there's a reason why Gilly is the way Gilly is. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. Yeah, but yeah, this I love the way this final showdown. The final showdown is so much of the movie because we keep taking these unexpected asides <laughs> within the showdown, and in between these bursts of. These valleys of violence. <laughs> There's peaks. You get so violence. much like amusingly different downtime with all these characters. Once John Travolta ran off Ethan Hawke in the beginning, you keep expecting you're going to know what these characters are going to do. And the movie just keeps deciding, no, we also want to have the characters do this. Yeah. And be kind of different. And I love it. <laughs> I loved it through and through. And I think uh, I'd, I'd read a couple of reviews after. I never liked reading them before. And definitely felt like the people that enjoyed it most were, they knew they were on board early. It's one of those. And uh, those are some of my favorites. Where, yeah, I can understand if somebody doesn't like some of these sh- shifts and these tone changes. But uh, I was kind of on board from like scene one. Uh, I'm into it. I'm into it, yeah, for sure. Um, it's got about a 6.0 on the IMDb scale. Pretty low. That's low, um, right? But again, that's actually, let's see how many people. Eh, 15,000 reviews on the IMDb, so. I mean, maybe being on uh, HBO Max will help. I don't know. I don't know what helps anymore. You know what I think it is, though? <laughs> I, I have I, no idea. I feel like there's such a pressure on every movie to be the best version of its thing. Sure. At at every moment, you know what I mean? And so a movie like this that takes the time to kind of, not meander, but to kind of just, like, I actually really like the the, the two sisters in this movie. And you got these moments yeah. of them arguing about getting him the bath. And, like, they're, I don't By know, the you, way. You, you get these moments that are not pertaining to the story, but 
actually just make these people feel like real people in a real setting. Can we talk about baths in the early, like, 1900s? Do those feel like the best thing ever? They gotta be. I am such a weenie. (laughs) The amount of grime and dirt that are all, like, living in a Western seems like the worst. Oh, God. Can you? I have no relation. I think I never got into Westworld because I was like, why? Who would want, who would choose that? The smell. Yeah. Alone. Ugh. That Dust must, on everything. Must have been occurring. There's even a point uh, early on where, where Ransone kind of does the, oh, you smell like a bum to yeah. Ethan Hawke. And uh, yeah, the, and someone There's mentions n- a black tooth. The, the teeth that these people Dude, would have had in the 1800s. Imagine the breath. I do not understand um, brothels. In Westerns. I mean, I get it, and I'm sure if you're living in it, you're just like, look, this is the only thing we have. But I cannot imagine the smells that come from sex rooms in Old West brothels. I really, I don't want to. No. I don't want to think It sounds terrible. The no. idea of Westworld makes no sense to me. I'm not choosing this no plumbing lifestyle. But just even like, uh, yeah, we had a few hot days like a few weeks ago where it was like 100 degrees for like oh, two days. Oh, we went 105, baby. And uh, I was so just like... I was so sticky at the end of one day of sweating in just you, normal 105 degree heat. I was like, I can't take it. You I, sent me a couple of I text messages. Uh-oh. <laughs> I was delirious you, with heat. You sounded so, uh, not anger. It was like this upset in a way where you were almost just offended. <laughs> you were offended at the way that the weather had made you felt. Oh, yeah. You're just like, I'm, I'm a sensitive just like, boy. I am drained and I am irritable. And I am just not in the mood for it. Like, I feel empty <laughs> because yeah. I'm drained of all my liquid. It was hot. It was hot. And that just feels like, like every day yeah. in a Western at best. It just the idea of I, I did once camp where I slept just outside, like on the ground one night. Yeah. And um, don't do that. That's yeah, not I'm not a good much thing of a camper. Do. So the scene where Ethan Hawke is like taking a taking a siesta. Yeah, or you know, he's going to sleep next to the campfire. No blanket. Mm-mm. It's getting cold out You're, there, guys. You got your smelly, years old, dirty hat. He's got his hat over puts, your face. He puts the hat over his face, I guess, to block the the light of the flame. But yeah, yeah. The, the the thought of him inhaling the brim of his own hat, like, kind of gave, like, kind of turned my stomach a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it was not great. Western life seems terrible. That wasn't that long ago. Yeah. It <laughs> wasn't that long ago, man. And uh, one thing I really hate, one of my, like, I, this is like a personal pet peeve of mine, is chapped lips. Oh, yeah. Once went on, like, an outdoor camping trip when I was probably, what, I don't know, sixth grade, seventh grade. <laughs> and I didn't really know about chapstick then, but something about the air up in this camping, man, my lips were, like, blistered by day three. Still had three more days to go. Ever since then, I have chapstick in like at least two pockets <laughs> everywhere I go. I have the permanently moistest lips now. I'm I can't obsessed imagine. with it. Yep. It ruined me. And here's the thing: my dad once told me about the old West. No Cause, chapstick. Because once I once I dove into my chapstick obsession, where I would just have a drawer with like eighteen tubes. The family was I, like well aware that I didn't want anybody looking in. Right. You know, nothing's in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all the chapsticks I have. It's not for weird stuff. Yeah. It's just <laughs> it's a, a normal drawer. <laughs> um, my dad said, uh, and my grandpa backed this up, and he was old. I bet the cowboys to avoid chapped lips. Uh oh. Because moisture chaps. I don't, I don't, if they're know, wet I don't know where this is going, but I don't It's think not I'm good. Like it. It's maybe worse than you're thinking. Maybe better, but maybe worse. All right. Hit me they with would it. rub cow shit oh, on their lips. Oh, it's worse than I thought yeah, it was going to be. They would put cow shit on their lips oh. t- so they wouldn't lick them. What a stupid remind. Like, that's what I hope your grandpa was bullshitting you like all good grandpas do. I don't know, man. He's that a pretty, is, I don't like you uh, I, calling out the integrity of my deceased grandfather. That is like the most disgusting thing I maybe have ever heard in my entire life. That's awful. That that's rough, man. That is like that's rough. To, I've been needing to lose some weight. I'm gonna cut my foot off at like, the ankle. I've had those moments where I've had really chapped lips, and I've just had to be like, "Don't lick your lips." Yeah. I get that. How about you I just get, like, I get not licking your lips? Look. But there's other ways to accomplish that. So maybe I don't understand <laughs> Western over. living because I have this thing. I don't know. It's weird. 
I have this little thing that I have called willpower, <laughs> where if my lips are feeling particularly chapped on a Wednesday, sure. Next morning on Thursday, I don't immediately jump to, you know what? The only thing that'll stop me from licking my lips is to just smear my mouth with shit. <laughs> Once I realize my option is smearing uh, some animal's shit on my mouth. I did not think this was going here. Yeah. <laughs> then, <laughs> then I just tell myself, hey, just don't touch them. Now, your your grandfather was specific about it being cow shit or was any shit I mean, shit I guess, I guess probably horse. You know, a lot of them had horses. I'm just wondering but, if uh, like they tried different A lot of shits. them were like cattle rustlers. So yeah. uh, oh, I assumed that was just the most prevalent. And they are grass eaters. So I guess it could be worse, but it's not good. And so that's what I think of whenever I watch any Western. <laughs> it's just these Man. people might have animal feces on their mouths right now. <laughs> I don't even Historically know. speaking, they probably would have. Can you imagine how bad a hangover would have been in the Wild West? I've woken up with, oh. Ever since I watched Deadwood, that's the one thing I <laughs> yeah. could never figure out. Yeah. It's like if I drink more than two or three shots of whiskey, even with a full stomach or whatever, yeah. I'm going to feel like shit the next day. Yeah. These guys are just waking up in the morning and being like, leave the bottle. Yeah. And then they carry on with their business? And then they just go out and get dirty again? Jesus. They just breathe dirt like, no, yeah, all like, day? This and... was actually, this movie was the first Western I've seen in a long time where they were like drinking water. And he's <laughs> yeah. like actually looking for water. Like, yeah. Right. You would need to hydrate, I would think. And yeah, not just you'd be, rock gut you'd be a dry leather man. I'm always oh, man. impressed at how, you know, when people say, oh, yeah, that was a nice, gritty Western, I was like, I would expect them to look way worse. <laughs> yeah. These people are like, like the sallowed cheek, lived in poor people, like, of, but like also sunburnt all the time. Oh, God. The smells, everything. It sounds terrible. <laughs> it sounds like the worst. Why do we keep making movies about this? <laughs> Why are we watching westerns? I love westerns. I actually really love watching yeah, them. Same here. Uh, uh, it, it was really the genre that probably took the longest for me to come around. Mm. Horror was so much e uh, more easily accessible and easily sci-fi. I got way more just naturally into. Right. Westerns I kind of had to teach myself. You know, it's like some wrestling fans can't watch Lucha. Lucha Libre seems like too much of a different thing totally. from this weird thing I already like. Well, Westerns are often slow. Mm -hmm. It's often building to the final thing. You know, it. there's usually you got to... I mean, this movie's great about showing, you know, introducing the characters and setting the scene. And Yeah. But yeah. You they know, really give these people things to do. They, right. they, uh, the Toby Huss character is really interesting. He's the third man in a stable of town thugs. With some kind of set of different moral rules. Exactly. Right. He doesn't you know, want to go along with it, but he can't he speak is, up. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a nice level of nuance that these characters don't often get. These people are given lines. Karen Gillan's given very fun, flowery, you know, like a Cinderella sister. Yeah. And <laughs> there's a very a relatable, persona. like, there's a very relatable bit where uh, the Farmiga girl says something to the effect of, you know, they've. They're bullies, and no one can stand up to these bullies. And yeah, it's a very classic Western. Oh, totally. Uh, trope. Yeah, again, it has but. has all that uh, all the way through. And yeah, it just I think the more I watch movies, the more I like westerns. <laughs> they're they're a good spot for old character actors, especially you know older character actors like from the fifties and sixties. Mm -hmm. uh, but they were just so prevalent at a certain time that it's really fun to sit down and watch just all of Cheyenne or you've watched tons of Bonanza. I watched right? a lot of Bonanza in my twenties for yeah. some reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually I, I, uh, this is going to sound weird to say, but in junior college, I took a history of like Western cinema, like Westerns oh, okay. in movies. That's cool. So going back and watching things like Stagecoach, Yeah. The old John Ford, the searchers. Searchers uh, is huge. Then watching, we've talked about the searchers. Where? We talked about the searchers when we did, uh, uh, the Brad Pitt, Space movie. Oh, at Astra. At Astra, that scene where uh, the moon hijacking sure, sure, has sure. that same the Indians lining up with the uh, the cowboys totally. and the searchers. 
And then we, and then when you get into things in the seventies or or uh, with the Wild Bunch, for sure, Peck and Paw, and uh, yeah, then you get into the, the all those East are movies westerns. ripe to be covered and on then, this podcast. Yeah, which is like what I love that we just decide this is our first western. Yeah, this if, is what we're jumping in. You don't if you say you don't like westerns, you should go back and look at the rich. Just like there's a lot of westerns, and if you don't like one, there's a lot of different kinds that you can get into. The gorgeous it's a scope good of some of the John Ford. Yeah, westerns. It really gives you an appreciation stuff. of that. Just oh, that wide visual totally. of these kind of ugly lands, but like <laughs> kind of majestic, amazing lands. You know, wouldn't want to live there. Not a hundred. Not, not hundred fifty years ago. No, nowhere close to my choice. But man, I'm into watching it. This movie boil kept boiling down in completely different ways than I expected it to, which just kept me interested all the way through. It never felt like it was derailing mm-hmm. it always felt like it knew exactly that it wanted to take these directions you know some of those movies when you try and mishmash you just end up like oh the director had some ideas and he wanted to include them even if it messed with the flow too much like something like juno has nothing but weird tonal shifts right it's just like well she had a lot of ideas and then just threw them all in <laughs> and then her later movies got way better but this is like no these shifts are this is exactly the tone he wanted to hit, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think how much you love it depends on just how much you're leaning into it. I think you'll know early. You'll know you'll know ten in whether this is you. And I think that's fair. And yeah. I pr- and if it's not, keep going. See what it does for you. Keep going. I mean, you know, I've been seeing. I feel like so much uh, when you look at Reddit and stuff too lately. It's like people are going like, "Should I watch?" Blank movie, like yes, it's an hour and forty five minutes. Check it Watch out. It. What you else know? are you gonna do? How much do you dick around on Twitter? Take ninety minutes. Worst case scenario, <laughs> you lose one twelfth of your day. Yeah, like whatever. Like watch the damn movie. Yeah, I know time <laughs> is. We limited, rename this but, podcast. You know, it's gonna be called Watch the Damn just Movie. Watch it. Yeah, uh, I've never understood. Should I check it out? Yeah, sure. Like in the time it took you to read the replies, you'd be halfway done with the movie. <laughs> yeah. Just Idiots. watch it. Dip your toes in, people. Go into a valley of violence. I have no idea why out. this is so under the radar. Well, it's on the HBO, what, Max now? HBO Max. Should be. Check it out. If you can find it in a, in a valley. In a valley of violence. It's come to this. It has come to this. I'm Eric. Thanks for listening. I'm Charlie. Thank you for listening. First Western. <laughs> first Travolta. All the first. All of it. The the Thai Western, as you call it. Thai Western. It. I'm going to give you credit for that one. I wish you didn't give me that. All right. Well, (laughs) we'll talk to you guys next week. Good night.